Odd Trails is a true paranormal podcast that contains adult language and can be frightening for some. Listener discretion is advised. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Enjoy the show. Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. Just trust. Believe. I've been thinking a lot about an experience I had when I was a teenager. I've never really told anyone this story. This happened when I was in high school. I was probably around 16 years old. I lived in a small, rural town in Utah with my mom. I'm the youngest of my siblings and was the only child living at home at the time. My mom was a single mother and often worked long hours to make ends meet. One evening, I had just climbed into bed to go to sleep. My bedroom was in the basement of the house and didn't have any windows. There was a family room across the hall from the bedroom with a large window that faced our backyard. If I left the bedroom door open, I could see straight out this window while I was in bed. Occasionally, while I was in bed, I would look out this window and I would see really bright lights that would sort of move from left to right. At first I thought that these lights were coming from cars, but the more that I thought about it, the more it didn't make sense. Our house was in a pretty heavily wooded area and surrounded by trees on three sides. There weren't any roads nearby on that side of the house, and the lights seemed too bright and too close to be coming from a car. One night I was having a hard time sleeping and I was staring out the window when I saw the lights. It freaked me out more than normal because this time I couldn't think of any rational explanation for the lights. After I saw them flash by the window a few more times, I got really scared and started hiding under the covers. After a few moments, it got too hot. I decided to peek out from the covers to see if the lights were gone. When I pulled them off, I saw my mom standing in the doorway of my bedroom, staring at me. She said something along the lines of, It's okay, sweetie. I was kind of confused after she said that. Normally, she would just go to bed pretty early, since she often had to go to work before I would even leave for school. It was probably around 11.30 or midnight when this happened, so I was confused about why she was still up. I looked at her again and noticed that she looked different. She seemed much longer than normal, like her head nearly touched the top of the doorway. Suddenly the bright lights appeared behind her and sort of illuminated her. 
Her face was all distorted and she didn't look normal. I was scared at this point, but before I could react, she vanished and three beings appeared where she once stood. They glided towards me and pinned me to the bed. I remember feeling these incredibly strong hands pressing down on my arms and my legs and my throat. I tried to scream, but before I could get any noise out, they stuffed something into my mouth that went back down into my throat. I couldn't breathe. All I could do was thrash and squirm as they held me down. Suddenly, my room got brighter and brighter until it hurt to even keep my eyes open. It was like looking at the sun. I never got a good look at the beings that were in my room holding me down. I just remember closing my eyes and struggling to breathe, thinking that I was about to die. And just like that, it was all over. I'm suddenly back in my bed, and it's morning. I looked at my alarm clock, and I saw that it was after seven. I could hear my mom upstairs getting ready. I just remember being very scared and unable to even move. After a few minutes, I heard my mom yell from upstairs telling me to get up. I tried to respond, but it was like my brain was disconnected from my mouth and I couldn't talk. After a few minutes of lying in bed, my brain sort of reconnected to my body and I could move again. I realize I'm naked. I usually wore some gym shorts and a t-shirt to bed, so this was unusual. I tried to roll out of bed, but I couldn't. I felt an intense pain in my stomach and my groin, so I just stayed in bed and began to cry. A few minutes later, my mom came downstairs to see why I was still in bed. She seemed kind of mad at first, but then saw that I was crying. I said I didn't feel well. My voice was all raspy and it hurt to talk. She felt my forehead and said that I was warm. She said I could stay home from school if I wanted. I nodded yes, and then she said that she had to leave soon and would call me on her break. She went back upstairs, then left a few minutes later. I tried getting off my bed, but my stomach hurt so bad that it was agony to even move. After a few minutes, I managed to climb out of bed and spotted my clothes from the night before in a pile on the floor. I hobbled over and picked them up. They felt really warm and smelled strange, kind of a burnt or a metallic smell. All of a sudden, I felt really ill, and I had to go to the bathroom. I threw up in the toilet a ton of this clear liquid, as well as some of my dinner from the night before. There was also this weird dark gray metallic object in the toilet that I had thrown up. It was shaped like a cylinder and about the size of a tic-tac. I had no idea what it was. I wish I would have scooped it out, but I decided to flush the toilet. After about 30 minutes or so, my body felt normal again, but I was still confused and frightened about what had just happened. I pretty much stayed in bed that whole day. Eventually, I went to sleep and stayed asleep for most of the day. My mom called several times, but I didn't hear the phone. She ended up calling home from work to check up on me. From that day on, I never saw those bright lights outside the window again. I have no idea what really happened. I don't know if it was a dream, but it freaks me out 
to even think about it. Sorry for the long story, but it feels good to finally tell someone about this. Within the last year, my husband and I recently moved into my childhood home due to some family issues. Growing up, when my stepdad lived in the house, he always told me he had a sixth sense. Starting from when he was a kid, he could see people who have passed away, sensed people he was close to dying, and then later find that they had passed, among a few other things. Living there before he moved in, I can't really recall anything happening. But after he moved in, things started to happen. My sister and I slept in the same room with a nightlight. Sometimes I would wake up in bed, look out into the living room, and see people on the banister. But the one thing I saw the most was this creepy lady who I call the Lady in Black. She wore all black and was always hunched over. She would stand outside of our room just staring at me. It was almost like she was scared of the little light in the room. She never did anything but stare and sometimes point. Eventually, I moved into my other sister's room as she moved out, and at this point, I had my dog sleep with me. My stepdad moved in several years before me moving into this room, so some paranormal things started increasing in the house, according to him. At this point, when school was out, I stayed home alone and would go to my sister's room. I hated going anywhere in the house besides my room or the kitchen. If I went anywhere else in the house, I had my dog with me, and we went from point A to point B as fast as we could. In my new room, I sometimes heard noises, and I would sometimes wake up in the middle of the night to my dog staring at my door at something or someone who I could not see. It freaked me out. Eventually, I grew out of being so scared. I'm still scared, but I've learned to ignore spirits, or I tell them to go away. Once I was in college, I opened up to my mom about my experiences, and she mentioned that she has seen the lady in black. Now, before I tell you about what's been happening in the house today, let me tell you my husband's experiences. His family had moved into a new house when he was about 10 or so. He says the room he slept in had an eerie vibe to it. At night, he would ensure his closet door was shut, only to wake up in the middle of the night and see it open. He once had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. To get to the bathroom, you had to go downstairs on the main floor. Well, he got to the top of the stairs and saw this man at the bottom. He was wearing a pinstriped suit, turned around and nodded at him, then put his fedora on and vanished into thin air. Let's just say he didn't have to go to the bathroom after that. Now, to tell you what's been going on recently. When we moved into my childhood home, I saged the house. Everything seemed to be going well. Well, about two months ago, I woke up on a Sunday morning from a dream telling me to sage the house again. Later that morning, our friend who lives with us tells me he heard several loud banging noises. Side note, 
He sleeps in the same room I was in. Not the one I shared with my sister, but the one after that. He sleeps with a lot of fans on, so knowing the house, I know the door slightly moves with pressure change, even when it's latched. He said he had his backpack up against the door so it wouldn't move. He heard seven knocks. When he opened the door, no one was there. I figured it was my husband playing a joke on him. He went downstairs to see if my husband and I were still up, but we were both in bed with our door locked. Afterwards, he asks me to sage the house yet again. I went into every room and cleansed the house. Fast forward several hours later, our buddy texts us saying his room is really smoky. At this point, my husband and I are smelling smoke and our eyes are getting itchy. So we checked the house and so far everything looked good. We go to my original childhood room and it's nothing but white smoke. My husband crawled along the floor to see if there was any fire. There wasn't, but we shut the door and I called the fire department. I was so scared. Luckily, there was only some minor smoke damage and the mattress was burned a bit. So what I'm guessing happened was an ember flew off the sage stick and fell on the blanket where it smoldered for a few hours. I'm not sure if the spirit that knocked on our buddy's door could have caused this or if it was just a coincidence. Lately, my husband has been telling me he senses a male spirit in the house. He's woken up twice now, telling me he's getting eerie feelings. I ask him if it's in our bedroom, and he says no. It stays outside the room. But if my husband is up after midnight, he feels like someone is watching and following him. I go to bed early, even on the weekends when he stays up this late. But I haven't really noticed the spirit. Until last week. My husband told our friend he's noticed the spirit in our room, and I've also seen it once or twice. It's scary sometimes, but I remind myself we have three dogs in our room. If something was there, we would know. I wish I knew how to figure out how to help this spirit move on. A little bit of a backstory about myself. I have always been open to sensing energies around me. As a child, I also experienced a lot of paranormal activity, such as spirits, shadows, magic, both good and bad, aliens, and messages from ancestors through the dream realm. This isn't strange in my family, since we have a few family members who dedicate their life to spiritualism and curanderismo, which is essentially traditional Latin American shamanism. Anyway, I work for an organization which specializes in supporting the community through spiritual and holistic wellness retreats and some youth programs. This happened in December of 2019. I had a small group of high school students, about eight, participating in an overnight retreat. This would consist of Friday and Saturday night and Sunday morning into the early afternoon. I should add as a side note that I, as well as my co-workers, have experienced things in this house. Our retreat home was a convent back in the 70s, so it is of no surprise when guests say they sense peace and motherly energy. The house is split into four floors. The first and second floors are for large group gatherings. 
the third floor are the bedrooms and washrooms, and the fourth floor is the attic and storage area. This story takes place on the second and third floors. All went as planned on Friday night. No appearances from spirits or any weird energies. On Saturday morning, all went well. We ate breakfast, went through the agenda for the day, and left for our community tour. We came back around lunch, and the minute I opened the door to the retreat house, the energy felt different. It was heavy. The only way I can describe it is a thick fog filling the house. I didn't mention anything to the participants or my co-facilitators, but I knew something was off. I tried to brush it off and just carried on about my day. I remember we were eating lunch and one of our facilitators mentioned that we had spirits in the house. I remember seeing the participants' faces shocked, wanting to hear more, but I stopped the conversation before more was shared. Something was telling me this wasn't a good idea, which is not like me at all. I like talking about the spirits in the house, not as entertainment, but to acknowledge that the house holds a story and the spirits in the house guide and protect us. But whatever energy was there that day, it did not want us honoring or acknowledging any positive energy. Shortly after lunch was done, they went into a small gathering room on the third floor and did some more activities. I joined them after I was done cleaning the dining room. This part gets a little fuzzy. I remember the students asking if I was okay and I said I was just tired and they asked me again. And again I assured them I was just fine and I only felt tired. Which would make sense, I did have a hard time sleeping the night before. I stayed in the room for a few more minutes and then decided to go move around the house because I did not want to end up falling asleep during some important and heavy conversations. I announced I would be in the meditation room directly below them, prepping for our evening meditation. I made my way down into the meditation room, and this is where shit gets weird. I am setting down and lighting candles. I am placing pillows all around the room. Nothing labor-intensive. I actually begin to feel better. I was about to step out of the room when, suddenly, I feel this heaviness come back. This time I felt disoriented. The room was spinning and I had no idea where the door was. I couldn't find a way out. I held on to a counter trying to ground myself. The room was spinning and I was hearing this faint voice saying, Do it. I remember being filled with this urge to hurt myself. I looked around trying to find something to help ground me. Something that would pull me out of this darkness. And that's when I saw it. This portrait of a mother holding a child. I could breathe again. The air felt thin. The room was no longer moving. And just in that moment when everything became lighter, my co-facilitator walks into the room and asks if I am okay. She shares with me that the participants are really worried about me and that she was worried about me too. I chose not to tell her what just happened. I said that I was just getting the room ready and that I was done. She looks at what I've done and asks if that's all I've been doing, that I've been gone for over an hour and that usually setting up the room doesn't take this long. I laughed and told her that she was exaggerating. It's only been about 30 minutes, right? 
She looked at me with this concerned look and asked if I was feeling okay. I told her I was and that I just needed to make a quick call and see if my daughter was doing alright. My daughter was fine, she was with my mom for the weekend, but I needed to call a close friend of mine whose grandmother I had just recently met. She had told me something concerning this retreat space and in hindsight I should have gone for a cleansing like she had offered or asked her more about it. I was able to talk to my friend's grandmother and she told me to burn some bay leaves and smudge myself and the house with them from top to bottom. She also gave me a cleansing ritual for me to do once the participants go to sleep or once I am home. Before I began cleansing the third floor, the participants asked if they could go outside for a few minutes. They needed fresh air and space to process some of the conversations they had. They asked what I was doing and I explained that this was something that I do before meditations to cleanse the space and ensure that only positive energies are present. Not a complete lie since I did want to eliminate any negative energy that was lingering. They left and I started making my way into every bedroom, cleansing every doorway, every corner. I make my way to my bedroom. I'm holding a small bowl full of burning bay leaves. I'm next to the door with a clear view of the hallway, the two bedrooms, and the bathroom that's next to my room. Out of the corner of my eye, I clearly see a full-body apparition of what looks like a nun. She was wearing a white robe, walking from the stairs landing straight to the bathroom. Now, I know what you all might be thinking, but this wasn't the normal I thought I saw something out of the corner of my eye thing. I turned my whole body and saw the fabric moving with her footsteps. I saw her disappear into the bathroom with both of my eyes. I don't know how, but I finished the cleansing, made my way downstairs, came back to the third floor, looked around and couldn't find anything. I walked into the gathering space, thinking the students had came back, but all I see is my co-facilitator and one other student. They think the students are all still outside. I get out of my room, and as I am about to make my way down the stairs, I see a participant sitting on the bed in the first room. I ask where the rest are, and they respond with, here. I walk inside the room, and I see all of the students sitting in a circle, crying. I begin to worry, maybe something happened outside, maybe something happened at home. The last thing in my mind is my recent paranormal experience. I ask what's wrong and they begin to tell me about the paranormal activity they had been experiencing all day. Early in the morning, a participant was woken up twice by something unknown. The first time, they felt and heard breathing by their ear. They woke up and used their flashlight to see if maybe a classmate was playing a prank but they didn't see anything. They went back to sleep. The second time was right before the students' alarms went off. They felt someone shaking them and they heard a voice saying, wake up. And as soon as they jumped up, everyone's alarm went off at the same time. They all noted that it was strange that everyone's alarm went off at the same time because the student only shared with one other student about their experience. The other thing I found interesting was that one of the students mentioned that the energy in the house felt different when we all came back from our trip. Other students nodded their heads in agreement and 
One said it all kind of clicked when I refused to talk about the spirits in the house, but they also shared that I did not look okay at all. That when I was in the gathering room, I kept zoning out. It was like I was sleeping with my eyes open, which is strange because I remember feeling sleepy, but I clearly remember closing my eyes. In fact, that's why I left, because I didn't want to seem rude, falling asleep while they talked about some very personal experiences. Throughout this whole time, I chose not to share any of my paranormal experiences with them. They seemed freaked out enough. A student said they did not feel safe and that they had to call their parents. In short, the students decided that it would be best to leave the space and continue the retreat another time or in another space. They all went home. I left everything as it was and rushed home as well. I remember feeling like something was following me, like I wasn't safe. I ran inside my house, locked all my doors, and ran into my bathroom. I followed the cleansing ritual instructions and once I was done, I called my mom. I told her what happened and she suggested that I visit my uncle. My uncle is a curandero. He's done cleanses for my parents before, even performed an exorcism on my childhood home, but that's a story for another day. I cuddled on the couch with my dog and fell asleep watching a movie. The next morning I called my uncle and he asked me to come see him as soon as possible. I rushed to his house and he performed a deep cleansing. He said he didn't see anything in the house, but he did sense that someone put this negative energy on me. He identified it as masculine. Maybe I had contact with someone who wanted something more than a friendship, or maybe they just held negative energy and for whatever reason it latched onto me. Whatever it was, it scarred me. I couldn't go back into the retreat house for months. Although when the pandemic hit, I didn't have to go in for a while. It took about a year for me to feel comfortable enough to go inside that house. I've experienced a lot of paranormal activity in my life, but none of it has ever affected me as much as this did. I almost quit my job because of this experience. It did lead me to focus a lot more on my mental health and learn more about my family's history with the paranormal and I even began to take workshops on spiritual readings and things of the sort. I don't know why this energy latched onto me. I deeply believe that someone left this energy at the retreat home and it must have been attracted to me. Or maybe it was energy that was attached to me for a while and the spirits of the sisters were trying to help me free myself from it. I don't know. But this story is far away from me now. I have moved on. This story has been told to me a few times by my maternal grandmother. She is a spiritual woman who has always been in tune with the spirits, energies, etc. And she isn't the type of person to lie about something like this. Each time the details are the same. My great-grandparents, my grandma's parents, I don't really know their names, so we'll call them Jane and John. They lived on a farm in New Jersey on the outskirts of town. This particular thing happens on a Sunday. Jane and John are walking into town 
in the afternoon, probably around 1 or 2 p.m. They like to stroll around and be the typical older couple. They lived in this area for upwards of 20 years, so they knew the entire town like the backs of their hands. They were friends with everyone, and this town was a small everyone-knows-everyone type of place. So they're walking around, no aim in mind. They comment on how sunny it is and how there isn't a cloud in the sky. They absentmindedly turn down a street. They then see a bridge that they have never really noticed before. Confused, they decide to go investigate as they are in no rush to get anywhere. They go over to the bridge and comment on how they've never noticed it before. They're dumbfounded. How have they never seen this bridge? There's nothing else back this way that they know of. So where does it lead? Naturally, they go over this bridge. It's beautiful. Cast iron, floral decorations, all the good stuff. It spits them out on a random street that they don't recognize, but that is assumed to be in the middle-ish of town. There isn't anyone else out which is odd. Now, they aren't alarmed by this, but they're definitely alert. They walk around a bit more, not really noticing anything else too drastically different or odd. Once they're done with their walk, they head home and ask everyone else about the bridge. What bridge? Everyone replied. They're obviously shocked. They sit down with each other and discuss their experience. They both agree on the simple fact. They went onto a street that wasn't there. That street led to a bridge that wasn't there. There were buildings that weren't real. They went to this entirely new thing that wasn't real and somehow made it back. They talked about how the weather became cloudy. No one else was walking around. They don't seem to recognize the area, but based off of where they were, it seemed like the names of businesses were slightly off. A shop that was called Dave's could be Dan's or something. Not anything major, though. But they couldn't be 100% sure. My grandma agrees with me that she thinks tiny things were altered, but they may not have noticed or mentioned it to anyone outside of themselves. The thing that is always emphasized to me when I'm being told this story is how no one else was around outside. This happened in World War II. Cars weren't commonplace. Everyone walked everywhere. So where was everyone? My grandma's parents made a huge grid of the streets of the town and made a point to walk down every single road to find the one with the bridge on it. My grandma's father was a very methodical man, and he devised a plan to find the street and the bridge again as they couldn't remember the street name or how they even got there. They used the huge grid, which they spent weeks on, to rule out every single direction and every possible route. They never found the mystery street with the bridge. Her dad even consulted the city planners, who would look at him and ask, what street? Just like the family did.
Well, that's my story. Sorry for the length. My grandma is a big believer in parallel dimensions and the like, and she believes that her parents went to another dimension where the town was slightly altered. Thanks so much to Bethany Watson for appearing on the show this week. She's a great friend of the show. I highly recommend checking out her podcasts. Uh, The first one, An Acquired Taste Podcast. It's hilarious. It's a blast. Also, the other podcast she does with our other friend, Dennis Callow. It's called The Check-In. You can get those wherever you download your podcasts or just go to bethanywatson.com. All right, we have another short story for you here. This one is from Jamie. It's titled, My Grandpa Visited Me the Night That He Died. Growing up, I was always really close with my grandpa, which is probably why the events leading up to his death have sort of been a source of comfort for me. He was in the hospital and I visited him maybe three times over the span of two weeks. I was scheduled to perform in a music competition one night and the plan was for me to go the next evening to visit him again. That evening, as my parents were discussing this plan, my school picture flung off the bookshelf as though an invisible force had shoved it and it fell far away from the bookshelf itself. My mom looked at my dad and said, I think we need to bring her tomorrow. She can miss the competition. That was fine by me as I knew that this was likely his final hospital stay. We visited him and he treated me the way that he always did when I was a young child, with hugs and kisses. He finally looked at me and said, I will remember you for a very long time. That night I had a dream that I was walking through my parents' kitchen surrounded by members of my family, all of whom I hadn't seen in years. The only thing is, no one was moving. It was as though someone had pushed pause on some sort of very uncomfortable party scene. I walked through the crowd, knowing I was looking for someone, until I saw this young man, who I recognized from the old pictures in my grandparents' home. It was my grandpa, as he was when he was around 30 or 40 years old, which he always said was the age that he liked to remember. He smiled at me, took my hand, and led me to the door. Before leaving... He gave me a hug and said, I love you, but I have to go. And he walked away, fading out of sight as he went down the driveway. I woke up with such a feeling of peace and sadness. It was early in the morning, and I walked down the stairs, only to see my parents sitting in the living room. My mom turned and said that she wanted to talk to me. By then, things were already clear. I said, I know. Grandpa passed away last night, didn't he? My parents were surprised and thought that I had been eavesdropping on their conversation, but when I told them what had happened, my mom just smiled and said, you were always very special to him. Grandpa, I'll always remember you. Thanks for checking in. See you on the other side. Oh, that's great stuff. And at the risk of sounding like a broken record, 
I really do think that this is another example of dreams potentially being a vessel for communication. I'm sure you might agree here, yeah? Yeah, I do agree 100%. I talked about this on the Drinking the Kool-Aid podcast recently. I was on there and oh, yeah. we chatted about out-of-body experiences and lucid dreaming. And there were a lot of stories from Robert Monroe, as we've referenced in the past, who was kind of a pioneer of the out-of-body experience as far as the Western world goes. And he, there were a lot of stories where he would talk about visiting family members and others in his dreams or out-of-body experiences. And I really do feel that uh, that they visit us in in that form, in, in that world. It's like a different realm here in our existence. Yeah, I feel like most everybody has dreams or has had at least a dream that served as a premonition of sorts. And while not everybody has like seen ghosts or whatnot and certainly hasn't been abducted by aliens or anything like that, I think dreams are one thing we can all kind of collectively agree on, that they're not just some random subconscious tricks being played upon ourselves. For me, I haven't really had any dreams that have had any sort of foreshadowing, but as far as like premonitions and whatnot, I do remember I went for a month-long trip somewhere and I said bye to my grandpa and he was in good health. He was like 62-ish, something like that. Uh-huh. And I, I just felt weird saying goodbye to him. Like I, I could, I'm getting choked up thinking about it right now. No, no, no. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just had a, like a really weird feeling like it was going to be the last time I was going to see him. And in the middle of this trip, I get a call from my mom saying that, yeah, grandpa had a stroke. He's in the hospital. I'm like, this is it. Yeah. And then I woke up like maybe a week later, just crying for no reason. And I had like this this feeling in my chest I just knew and I called my mom and she's like yeah I'm at the hospital now he's gone I'm like holy shit yeah I mean I don't want to just lay on uh, the sad sap uh, stories here but I'm surprised at how similar your story is to the one that I wanted to share Um, when I was probably around 8 or 9 my grandma wasn't doing well she had health problems her whole life and uh, we were always visiting her in the hospital but it came down to the line where she, we all knew that this was this was it for her. So we drove up to uh, to her town, stayed with my family there. I was staying with my aunt and uncle instead of at her house where they were keeping her, just because it was there was so many people staying there. And one night when I was getting ready to go back to my aunt's house for the night, because we would stay with her all day, then go back to my aunt's house, I was standing in there in the bedroom where they were keeping her, you know, on all of I don't even know what is all these machines and stuff. And they had like a live-in nurse there. She was basically catatonic. She wasn't responding to anybody. She was just out. And we were all just waiting for that moment. And I remember just holding her hand before we went to leave. And I said, all right, Mima, we're going to go now. And the, of all the times, like, she, like she'd been catatonic. We expected her to just pass any moment. At that moment when I said, we have to go, she squeezed my hand and I saw her an expression on her face, which Whoa. we hadn't seen the entire wow. time we were there. She was out. Like she squeezed my hand and we saw an expression on her face. And somehow I knew that I was going to go home that night and she was going to pass away. Yep. Yep. She was telling me that. We went home or went back to my aunt's house and me and my cousins, we stayed up like drawing pictures for her to take to her the next day. So that night I just, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had just, I just knew that she had passed away. There was just like a knowing. There's something about it. And then the next day, sure enough, uh, woke up and spoke to my mom. We were getting ready to go see her. Uh, my dad was staying with her and she was on the phone with my dad. And my dad told her that she had passed that night. And 
funny story, actually, the way that she passed. <laughs> Somebody had sprayed some, like, air freshener in the room because of the smell of, like, just, like, the... the Yeah, the hospital smell. The hospital the smell. The bad hospital the bodily smell. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bodily smells. Somebody had sprayed some, like, air freshener and it made her sneeze. Hmm. And, like, that was it. <laughs> her sneeze was the way she passed away, which... I, I like that. That's the sense of humor that my family has. Like it was a good, it was a good way to go. <laughs> well, I like that only because the whole sneezing thing being like a spirit leaving your body. Is that what it is? I'm not too sure. On the I don't know. I don't that. know. But it's it was it was funny. Like it added like a, a, a lot of light to the situation. So just a good memory. It's either like your spirit leaving your body or you're open up for spirits to enter yours. So that's why you're blessed. I don't know. I'm not a sneeze expert. If you're a sneeze expert, send your. Uh, stories and yeah yeah sneeze doctors by all please, means right in <laughs> well that was nice yeah heartfelt outro here on odd trails i know i know i feel like we should have more laughs but you know what maybe we should just end it there well we could talk about uh that haunted doll that i saw oh my you. god <laughs> i'm a little mad still about that i'm not gonna lie like it's I'm funny sorry. Think, no I'm it, so it was a funny joke but like for a good 10 minutes i was kind of like why would he do this to me but okay so yeah, by all yeah. means. Uh, I, I, the, you guys were talking about us uh, ordering the haunted doll. You guys voted. You, you thought that we should. So I went ahead and ordered one. Yeah, you did. To Brandon's house. To my house without <laughs> telling me first. I couldn't order it here. Sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my wife would kill me. And okay, I can happily say that nothing too crazy has happened. Okay, um, good. I did hear a door slam. So I walked out thinking it was just my dog being stupid, but uh-huh. no, he was in his crate. And I only crate him because he does have accidents at night. I am not yeah. pro-crating animals if you don't have to. There's nothing wrong with crating animals. I mean, he's it, happy. Most of them like it, yeah. It's, it, dude, crating animals is good. Don't yeah, worry about that. I, I feel weird about it, but... Yeah. I know it is a little weird, but don't worry. Yeah, I lock him up in jail for yeah, eight hours a not, night. That's not what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's not. So what did you end up doing with the doll? Well, uh, I just threw that sucker out. I don't know if you're supposed to do that. If it's like the Ouija board thing where you have to like burn a sage and ask for forgiveness and say goodbye and <laughs> do all the... Uh, I don't even know if you have to do that with the Ouija board, do you? Not I know quite you have to say goodbye much. at the end of like a session. But... As far as like disposing of it, like yeah. getting rid know. of it pretty good. But yeah, no, I just threw that puppy away. And uh, not a literal <laughs> puppy, but the doll itself did have some cute puppy eyes and I did not take a picture of it because I just have a feeling that the camera or something would capture its soul into my phone I don't know I, it freaked me out it freaked me out that was a wonderful oh, man. I'm so bummed that you threw it away but I totally understand I probably would have done the same thing actually I would be fine with a, with a haunted doll in my house personally uh, it's just my my wife would never allow it and if she found out I was keeping one secretly she might leave me so. Yeah, I hear you. I hear well, you. Well, if I never, if I ever need to get out of my relationship, I know what I, I have to do. I just have to order a bunch of mm. <laughs> haunted dolls to the house. Be like, these are these are our new these are our our new family members, honey. I yeah. need, I'm going to need you to uh, to accept this about me. Yeah, it's too bad divorces aren't how they how they used to be. We had to like explain your case to the judge. That'd be a yeah. Fine didn't you have to, to get like somebody else to agree to the divorce type thing? I don't even understand divorces because I remember watching old movies where they say, "I will never give you a divorce." Right? Yeah. Like, what do you mean, give them a divorce? Like, you just do it. You just say like, you're bye. trapped forever. 
<laughs> well, you're supposed to be, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> biblically. <laughs> no, uh, I'm gonna have to look that up. That's that's definitely a, a, a weird thing in movies that always weirded me out. Yeah, or like having a something go on your permanent record in school, which doesn't exist. Oh yeah, <laughs> your permanent <laughs> record. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. there's either Bart or Lisa that was really freaked out about their permanent record. I think it was Lisa, The Simpsons. But uh, yeah, weird stuff that we believed. Again, we're getting back into the weird stuff we believed when we were kids. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. fun. Also, Doug, there's an episode of Doug, I think he was like freaking out over permanent, his permanent record. record. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we should wrap things up here. Uh, that was an interesting one. Started on a sad note, ended on a happy one. Thank you for listening. Yes, thanks everyone. Uh, This week you have heard Memory from When I Was a Teenager by Pizza Nuggets The Ghost That Wanted Me to Hurt Myself by Nanny Is My Childhood Home Haunted by Sun Sun 13 My Great Great Grandparents Went Into an Alternate Dimension by XX Steggy And finally, My Grandpa Visited Me The Night He Died by Jamie All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. As always, if you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. And if you want to get the ad-free, higher-quality bitrate version of this week's episode and all of the past episodes, head over to patreon.com forward slash oddtrails for all the bonus content there. We appreciate all of your support. We'll see you all next week for a brand new episode of Odd Trails. Stay safe. Peace out. (laughs) 